Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Everybody, this is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number one fifteen. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, put your finger down. Bang! Where are you? I don't know. You're the one with a globe. Hey, go ahead and spin it around. Find Texas, a southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors; we're just regular guys, but. Each of us are here on this spiritual journey, and we hope that you're on it too. One thing that's different about this kind of conversation that we have is that it's ongoing, and we look at historical scripture and things that went on, and we try to bring it and put a man spin on it and bring it to our own life. And want to make sure that you may have found us on iTunes. You may have found us on SoundCloud. We're also on Facebook. We have a website, which is man-upspiritualoasis.com. And so if you ever have any questions and want to post post a question, and we'll go ahead and we'll... uh, well, we'll probably muddy the water here as we answer it here at the Man Up Podcast. And we have a great panel. What we do here is we, we go through a ABF or Sunday School lesson, and we talk about it. We basically have an overview first, and then we go ahead and actually read the Scripture, and then we go into deeper discussion about it. And why do we do it that way? Well, it's very simple. This is geared to men, and we understand that each and every one of you out there, just like all men, are probably tasked and have a bunch of time commitments, and hey, maybe this doesn't necessarily speak to you, and we totally understand it. We're on lesson number 115. This is our 115th podcast. Some of them are going to speak to you more and more deeply than others. And we're, we're in Connect 360, Triumph and Troubles. This is from the Baptist Way Press, and we're talking about David, one of the great historical figures of the Bible. And you know what? I really relate to David. Except, of course, the part about having all the concubines and all the war <laughs> victories and... <laughs> right, so, right. so what? <laughs> right. What else? Aside from but uh, aside from being king, but aside, aside from being king, right, right, yeah, not being king, but but, but having some troubles. Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I kind of your Goliath. Right, right. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, I'm just like him. So uh, so I want to go ahead and introduce the panel to you real quick. And not only do we introduce them by name, but also their profession, but also what they kind of do. Because as you listen, you may identify more with one than the other. And that's one thing about it. These are very committed guys, each on their own spiritual journey. But, and, and it may... And it may really relate to you. And my name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host, director of the Man Up ABF here at uh, 
Sugarland Baptist Church, and I'm basically just a salesman and kind of a writer, actor, uh, host kind of guy. I'm, I'm kind of like Mr. Gloss, you know. I kind of just kind of gloss over everything. Where, whereas we have uh, <clears throat> Mr. Steve Titch, who is a world-famous policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler, and he's here. We have Mr. Michael Cropper. Yeah, who he's is... going to keep Steve in line. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not sure that's possible. And uh, he is an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. And, and I didn't even know this after knowing him for a few years, but he's a certified diver, too. So he could, uh, he could defend you. He could convict you, and he could probably swim faster and deeper than you. So I was thinking, make sure you were at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> after you right. get, get the conviction didn't go the way. Right. He could shoot you with a spear gun, <laughs> and that's Mr. Kyle Trahan. And we're glad he woke up. You know, he's kind of an insurance guy, but he's also the class deacon, one of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet, too. And we have a world-class trainer. We, he's kind of our class intellectual. He's Robert Koshu. And so we're glad you're here. We're going to dive right into this lesson. And, and this is, of this series, this is a number 10, Cursed and Deceived. And I want to go ahead and uh, start it out with uh, Mr. Steve Tish. Well, I'm, I, I subtitled this, All the Birds Come Home to Roost. Uh, we, 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 if, if it picks up almost immediately from last week, I'll, I'll let Michael uh, do, do more of the recap, but I think here we really see the, the, low, the lowest low point that David gets. Literally, literally, they all take this long walk downhill. Get, it's a walk of shame. He, and, and I say all, all the birds come home to roost because he, it's a great, such a great story because he meets people from his past yeah. who ha, and he has to confront this. So we'll get into that, but that's, that's, uh, that's my opening right there. <laughs> okay, Kyle Trahan. That's, that's interesting. The, the Walk of shame. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that, was, that was very well said. Um, you know, especially having to meet, meet the folks. You know, um, I, I've said it plenty of times that a, a lot of times the, some of these individual stories don't grab me, so that's why I like doing our classes and, and stuff like that, that you can be an avid Bible reader and not discuss it in a group setting and not get anything out of it. Because if I would, I, I would, my eyes, I'd be glossing over. Right. You know, and going, why did I just read all of that? And being in this group, really I pick up all kinds of interesting tidbits that I didn't see to begin with. Well, see, that's one thing about it and about this podcast, and we hope that you're out there and you understand this. It's kind of like taking an onion and just taking apart yeah. the different layers. And it's different because, particularly in this not only political climate, but also how many people out there actually have the opportunity to discuss deep subjects like this. Sir, I mean, if it wasn't for this, for this group, um, I wouldn't either. So, and we're so glad that you're listening and going to go ahead and uh, your overview, uh, Professor. I'm kind of with Steve. This is the lowest of the low. You get a couple of interesting, and I'm going to call them vignettes as you go through this. You get the steward of one of David's 
rivals that thought he went out and helped David and ended up getting favor from <laughs> David. You get a guy from Saul's clan that curses David out that you think, you know, with David's history, you're thinking, that guy's toast at this moment. And David's kind of like, oh, leave him alone. And then you get the whole, um, and I never can say this guy's name. It's... No, it then Ahithophel. Thank you. Ahithophel. Ahithophel. Who is Bathsheba's grandfather? That spills voice exercise. Yeah, there he starts. He says that five times to get to get his to get get the old articulation. He he exacts his revenge on David fourfold. Right. For the way he treated his family, and so this is kind of a. In my mind, I think, Bill, you kind of said it early, this is kind of a pause in the action. Right. Because you get the, the first one where Absalom sets up the conspiracy, David leaves town, and then next week we're going to see what happens at the tail end of it. This is kind of the interlude, act two, as it were, for my writer. Right. You know, where you're kind of setting up things and getting go. Judge, if you'd like to go ahead and uh, do a little historical. Okay. Uh, just a little bit, folks. We are out of the Connect 360 series book, Triumph and Troubles. Uh, we started off the beginning of our lesson. Our first lesson was about David taking over the kingdom of, of, uh, of Judah. The first lesson was on Saul's death, if you remember, if you've been joining us for the podcast. Uh, the first lesson is about Saul's death and Jonathan's and his other son. And David mourns them profusely because he had always had a lot of respect for Saul. David is then crowned king in Hebron at God's direction. At that time, David is 23 years, old, 23 years old, and he honors the man of Jabesh Gilead, who had retrieved Saul's body that had been hung on walls uh, by the Philistines. Lesson two, uh, David now uh, is crowned king of, over Israel. For seven years, he has been king over Judah, and they have fought. Judah and Israel have fought back and forth. And then uh, Saul's uh, another son that was not in the three that fought against the Philistines, Ithbosheth, I think, uh, was a king. And, and he is murdered by two of his own uh, uh, servants in his household. Then Israel comes to David, and he and they ask David to be king, be king over Israel. David then begins to move out against and to start fighting the enemies, and he specifically defeats the Philistines two times with God's direction and his help. Um, lesson three is David takes 30,000 troops to bring the ark to Jerusalem. He has taken a break from fighting, and he gets very, very excited. He likes to praise God, and, and uh, while he is carrying the ark to, to Jerusalem, Uzziah, one of his... Um, one of his helpers or one of the, the priests that is helping move the ark touches the ark and dies. Then David becomes very angry and, uh, and he leaves the ark itself with Obad. And guys, get this, Obad, who he leaves the ark with, is a Gittite. We had mm -hmm. talked about it is a Gittite mm -hmm. back last Interesting. Week. Yes, it is very interesting. Caught that. Anyway, David, uh, David then again attempts to move the ark and he successfully moves it to Jerusalem, and he praises God mightily and dances before the Lord. Uh, lesson four is about David wanting to build a temple for God. Uh, Nathan approves of it, but God then tells Nathan, no, David will not build the, the, uh, 
of the temple to me. And when we're talking about temple, we're talking about a permanent dwelling for the ark itself, a, a wooden building, a, a, a very, very nice uh, temple for God, or to honor God. Um, he is told no, but God in this time, through Nathan, and promises David that he will have an everlasting kingdom and that his son will get to build the temple to him. Now, lesson five is a long list of victories for David. Uh, David, God is with him. He, he defeats the Philistines consistently. The Moabites kills many, many, many of the enemies of Israel. He, he kills the king of Zobah. You remember, gentlemen, the, the thousand chariots. He defeated the 7,000 charioteers. 20,000 men, then the Armenians, 20,000 more, Am Ammonites, Amalekites, Edomites, 18,000 them. The, the, the thing I, I want to point out about that lesson, David takes all the plunder, the gold and silver, and he dedicates it to the Lord. He doesn't take it for himself. He dedicates it to the temple and gives it to the temple. And, and the interesting thing, at the end of this lesson, at the end of the lesson, uh, pardon me, the, the scripture, David's sons were his royal advisors. The last line, if you go to that lesson. Uh, really? Yes. His sons were his royal lesson, advisors? Lesson number five, look at the last, very last line, Isaiah 8.18. His sons were his royal advisors, and these are the ones we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, <clears throat> well, that seems upside down. It, it, really, it really does. We might even talk about that anyway. Uh, lesson six becomes the turndown, which Steve has talked about consistently, and, and Robert and all of us have talked about. David uh, lusts after Bathsheba. It's a weak moment in his life, and it's going <clears> to <throat> change his entire life, which we've been studying the last few lessons, and of course today's lesson. David, in a weak moment, he lusts after Bathsheba. He has sex with her. Then he has her husband killed, and then he takes her as a wife. And so... We see murder, lust, adultery, and covetousness in the uh, lesson six. Lesson seven, you are the man. Uh, Nathan the prophet confronts David for his sin, and he pronounces judgment against David, and David's son dies. And then he also tells him the sword will never leave your household. Now, in lesson eight, we see Amnon. Amnon follows in his father's footsteps. He being, rapes his sister. Being, being the, right. the oldest son, being David's uh, heir. Being the heir apparent. The heir apparent, the oldest son. Thank you, Steve. Very good point. Uh, David does nothing to Amnon after he learns that he has raped his, his uh, other son, Absalom's sister. But uh, Absalom takes it in his own hands and sets a trap for Amnon. Amnon then kills, pardon me, Absalom kills Amnon. And David mourns his death, but he only sends Absalom away. He does not discipline him other than sending him away from his presence. Lesson 9, which was last week, uh, folks, David brings Absalom back, and Absalom wants to be king. However, he doesn't tell David this. He plans and conspires against him for four years, maybe five years, I think, in total time. We said it may be around seven years. But he plans and he executes his plan to win the Israelites to support him, and then he claims the crown in Hebron, where David was anointed uh, king over Judah, and David and his family have to flee with their lives from uh, Jerusalem. And then today's lesson, as you, you guys have talked about, it's 
He's cursed and deceived and humiliated. So, you know what? Like I said, that's uh, I totally identify with David. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great big, big, to, big well, humiliated. And, and, to check on the end there, wasn't Absalom born in Hebron? Yes. Right. Yeah, both yeah. good memory. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah that's more. Good memory. Well, and and what's what's intriguing is is you read through that. So we get five lessons of David. the The whole theme is triumphs and troubles, right? Right. right. So we get five lessons of David, this the conquering hero, king of Jerusalem. We get two lessons of pivot, and now we've got five lessons of troubles. Yeah. Amazing the, that you thought of it like that. What an organized. Yeah. It's almost like somebody thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but, it, but, it, but I, I find that rather in, intriguing because it, it really, yeah. the, the two pivot lessons mm-hmm. were really two that. You, you were joking earlier about peeling the onion, mm-hmm. and we talked about those were the most oniony lessons we've ever had. Right. Because right. there's so much there. And, yeah. and I'm just going to tag on what Steve said. If you think the Bible doesn't apply to real life, substitute all of this, put in the company you work for and your coworkers instead of the kingdom and the and you know the prince and the king. Yeah. Substitute the CEO and the VPs or the director that works underneath your manager over your manager. You know, and and you but will see. Only Steve will come up with that, which is good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, hey, ab- absolutely, yeah. right. And with that, uh, we're going to go ahead, and uh, I'm going to read uh, the scripture, which is Second Samuel 16. But uh, I just want to remind you, uh, we're not pastors; we're just regular guys, and I'm just a regular reader. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a fair amount of names here, and uh, we're just going to kind of go with it. Second <clears throat> Samuel 16. When David had gone a short distance between the summit, there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth waiting to meet him. He had a string of donkeys saddled and loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cakes of raisin, 100 cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. The king asked Ziba, Why have you brought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and fruit are for the men to eat, and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the desert. The king then asked, Where is your master's grandson? Ziba Ziba said to him, he is staying in Jerusalem because he thinks, Today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. Then the king said to Ziba, All that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said. May I find favor in your eyes, my lord the king. As David approached Barem, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. As he cursed, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son, Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. That's Bill. That's right. But the king said, 
What do you do and I have in common, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, Curse David. Who can ask, Why do you do this? Then David said to Abishai and all his officials, My son, who is of my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I am receiving today. So David and his men continued along the road while Shemai was going along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went and throwing stones at him and showering him with dirt. The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, with Antrophel was with him. Then Hushai the Archite, David's friend, went to Absalom and said to him, Long live the king! Long live the king! Absalom asked Hushai, Is this the love you show your friend? Why didn't you go with your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, No, the one chosen by the Lord, by these people, and by all the men of Israel, his I will be, and I will remain with him. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve the son, just as I served your father? So I will serve you. Absalom said to Antherphel, Give us your advice. What should we do? Antherphel answered, Lie with your father's concubines, who he left to take care of the palace. That'll do it. Yeah. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench in your father's nostrils. In the hands of everyone with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he lay with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now in those days the advice of Antherphil gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Antherphel's advice. Hmm, the plot thickens. <laughs> but isn't this a huge turn of events? David is getting pelted with stones and dirt and taking it. Taking it as if he's a defeated man. This is part of my penance rather than standing up and being the man that he was. Well, he did that when Saul was chasing him, too. Well, 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 and what I find interesting is is, is Shimei accused him of all the bloody spilt of David's, of Saul's family. This he didn't kill anybody right. in Saul's family well, ever. Well, in a way, let's because I think this is this is an interesting thing in of itself, yeah. and 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 that's why I'm glad Mike went all the way back to the to to Saul. He, Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin, and that's why he, David calls him a Benjamite, Shemai. Right. Um, Shemai sees this as a rightful restoration. Uh-huh. of Saul's clan. Mm-hmm. He sees this as 
again, God-inspired. Like, like the authors have been writing all along that, you know, God withdrew from Saul and God put his favor on David and that's why David's on the throne. Shimei here has been waiting and regards this whole ep- episode as God's judgment. And David, in a way, says to his friends, he may be right. Right. <laughs> and... But, but it's interesting that Shemai's whole perspective is one of righteous anger. He is, um, and, and it brings up all the fact that people were killed in that, in that, in that civil war. And then, and then you have, right before that, the, the uh, steward of Mephiphosheth. And if, again, Mephiphosheth was the last surviving grandson of Saul. He was the son of Jonathan who David spared, and he was crippled, and he had a seat at That's David's right. table. Yes. That's right. Yes, and, 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 and I'm going to, spoiler alert, we're going to find out that Ziba is lying, but David is mm-hmm. so confused at this point, he doesn't know, he doesn't know, he, right. he's walking he's without the right. Lord. Mm-hmm. He, he actually rewards Ziba, who, who is your classic, you talk about office politics, <laughs> he's your classic guy, who is waiting to see who's going to win? He's got, you know, he's maybe it's, you know, I've got David out here, and I'm, and then, and I got maybe back there. You got Absalom, and who knows where where Saul's clan may may get in? He's he's kind of your Game of Thrones fans. He's the little finger in this <laughs> story. Right. He's playing all sides, and he's trying to see what's what's going to come out. And and uh, um, but it but getting back to Shammai, Shammai sees this. As a as a rightful as a, as a God divinely driven turn of events, and maybe their lesson here is, is is that perhaps this is it seems it is not. We can infer from the scripture this is not what God's plan is, but nonetheless it's being played out because of consequences. Uh, interesting point. Interesting thing there about how how perspectives change in this. Oh, yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. going to go ahead and take oh, our quick hard break. This is Man Up. Man Up podcast number 115. Hard to believe. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up podcast. Spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic. The Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up. Man Up podcast number 115. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys on this faith journey. And we're so glad that you're coming along with us. We were talking about David's troubles. We're in 2 Samuel. Uh, this was from uh, 2 Samuel 16. And this is where David is cursed, deceived. He's doing the walk of shame, getting stones thrown at him and dirt and and feeling like 
in a way, he just kind of deserves getting what he deserves, and he's just taking it. And I can't tell you how many times that's kind of happened to me. And so I t- totally identify with this. It, it, it's a humble attitude. As, as Mike said, this was kind of the same attitude David had the whole, all the time he's being chased by Saul. You know, is he kind of had this humble attitude and ran and hid and but and he, not, he wasn't not, up he against wasn't he was being publicly insulted. Yeah, I mean, and he, yeah. and he, uh, I, I mean, he's he was hiding. He's he's actually this is a worth a compare and contrast because he was being pursued, um, and he wasn't. He had no designs really on the throne. He was just a victim of of Saul's paranoia. Here, he was looking forward to something because he knew he was anointed, whereas now he's looking yeah. towards the end. Yes. There's a total difference. He, he does not, so he may be, he, he's, he's definitely he, wondering whether that anointment has been withdrawn. Withdrawn, that. exactly. And, and so in a way, he's, he's kind of biding his time as if he's the second string quarterback Initially, when Saul is pursuing him, okay, oh, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. whereas now he feels like the old veteran that's getting run out of town by the young mm-hmm. young kid. Second act is coming to a close. Yes, so, well, yeah, absolutely. Not sure. Now, there's a third. Now, and, and, no question about it. Um, Shimai, the uh, Benjamite. Listen to how he listened to how the message. Y'all know. I'm oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. The message. The, the message. Phrase is the same, you know, get out, get out. So in the message, it's get lost, get lost, you butcher, you hellhound. God has paid you back for all your dirty work in the family of Saul and for stealing his kingdom. God has given the kingdom to your son Absalom. Look at you now, ruined. And good riddance, you pathetic old man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Why, and, and, and yeah, he is old. That, oh, he's yeah. in his 60s. Yeah, yeah in his probably 60s, in his 60s. You know? Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, and he's like, that. he's not, this isn't, this isn't Michelangelo's David anymore. No, this is, right. this is not the golden-haired boy of Goliath. This is, this is a, a an old guy, you know, we, we don't, he I looks mean, like we, any one of us. A little overweight, you know, a little less hair, you know. Uh, go back to Zeba just for a moment. Uh, Zeba is actually yeah. in Saul's household, too. Mm-hmm. And, and he, in fact, is a steward of Saul's kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. David yes. finds Mephibosheth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So Zeba's really wealthy if no one comes along. He is the steward <laughs> of Saul's, all of Saul's mm-hmm. kingdom. Oh, good yeah, point. Good and, and point. So, to him. so yeah. David finds Mephibosheth and says, Zeba, cough up the kingdom to Mephibosheth, 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 and you will now turn over all the prophets and all the royalties from the kingdom. So Zeba has a very good reason for wanting to deceive David here. Mm -hmm. They're all part of Saul's clan. But I thought, yeah, anyway, it's just a point I want to bring up. That is a good point. Hmm. Um, Now, well, okay, well, we're hesitating here for a second. Between the, the time that David is appointed king over Judah and he becomes king over Israel... Uh, Ithbosheth is a king over the kingdom of Israel. And the, and uh, 
they don't point this out for the lessons you have to read between the lines. You know, y'all got yeah. y'all know we have to go right. between the uh, the chapters there, and it says uh, uh, that w during this time between David becoming king of Israel while he is still king of Judah, there is a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Mm -hmm. So there are many people. Yes, there's still one yeah. surviving. Right. It's Ishbosheth. Yes, the the, son, yes, the yes. last surviving son of, of Saul. That's who. That's who has the. That's who's got the 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 what 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 would what was then the northern kingdom and would become the northern kingdom again. All that all that the land of Benjamin uh -huh. and Ephraim. Um, they they were there was that contest with Judah. Um, that was and, part of this, and that was that was that that, that that and it's ultimately why David chose to, to put the kingdom in Jerusalem because it was in neither territory. Yes, but yeah, yeah Ishbosheth was was the was and and I the think king of yeah, and then and then yes, uh, I, and then David, he, I think Ishbosheth was assassinated by two of his servants. by two of his servants yep. mm -hmm. who. Then David assassinated. Keep going. Keep going. He executed. He executed. Well, yeah. Why? Yes. Because they brought his head to David yeah. on a yes. platter yes. saying, right. we yes. think you would like mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. and remember, the last time that happened mm -hmm. was when that uh, Amalekite brought Saul's crown mm -hmm. to David before he was crowned king mm -hmm. and said, O Lord, O King to be. We think he would like to see this crown, and he killed the guy. And right here, like Steve says, mm -hmm. you know, said these two guys bring the head of Ithbosheth to David and say, oh, "We have killed your enemy here." And he mm -hmm. says, "Guess what? Yeah. He wasn't You're really next. my enemy." Yeah, I like exactly right. 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 Yeah, yeah I like those guys. So, so real, a lot of background here that we go don't get to present him because it's just too time is too well, short. And, and, and once again, it, it goes back to where I was saying if. if if you really don't think the Bible has anything to do with your everyday life, <laughs> if you work in any corporation in America, unless you're Kyle, who is pretty much self-employed. He's and, a corporation by himself. Well, but he still has some... Kyle Incorporated. But you're going to have to deal with this stuff. Oh, no you know, no question. The, the no question about it. The... the uh, the, the guy, guy who, the guy who holds the grudge, who's the guy who holds, you know, <laughs> the guy who plays the fence, mm -hmm. trying to see who's going to make it, who, who and, who's going to we'll be the play next on one both up. sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, while play, absolutely. While he's going through, <coughs> right? You know, because this this is a perfect example of the long game going all the way back mm -hmm. to our first couple of lessons here, and even mm -hmm. back to our mm -hmm. other studies we've done of David <coughs> when he was fleeing from Saul. And all of that's coming into play now. So it's funny you said that. I was thinking that uh, not in the long game uh, term, uh, but the same thought process with the Shemite guy. And David is saying here in verse 12, uh, it may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I am see, uh, receiving today. He's looking at the delayed gratification. He's looking at the long game. He's praying for the long game and praying in this moment for Act 3. You know, but yeah. he's, and that's part of life as well. Not everything is going to come on a platter. Oh, here you go. You know, but don't you see that with uh, older people? And as I get older, I, I kind of understand it. Uh, you, you don't have that youthful optimism. You're more inclined to take the beating 
and just keep on ticking as long as you can without having that rebellious fervor of standing up for yourself because you don't you don't have have that same commitment and well, confidence in yourself that you did when you were young. This I think that's true, but here this is what I think is finally happening and we've been talking about this and really since since David and Beth, since David the David and Bathsheba thing um is that here's where I think he finally comes to terms with uh, on this walk, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe because it's so it's got such literary elegance of having having to take this this trek outside outside right. the kingdom and go on this voyage. You'd call it a voyage of self discovery or voyage of confrontation. I think finally he's 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 confronting the magnitude not only of his original sin with Bathsheba, but the magnitude of the years. He's avoided confronting it. How he we've talked about this, how he's Absolutely. never made amends with his relationship. He's basically made it good with God and hoped that everything else would, would work itself out. And he's realized what a what a what a terrible procrastination that was. And I think this is what's going then and, and he's he, he, this is why I think he deserves, he feels like he deserves getting pelted with rocks and, and all this confrontation because I think he's coming back to the fact of, boy, for the last 10 to 20 years... I mailed it in. I've been, I've been mailing <laughs> it in. And, 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 and I'm gonna, I, the reason I say this is, is because it's like, you know, that second and third act. Now, there's a couple of things here because Zeba did give him the wine and Zeba was deceiving him. But at the end of this, we get to... Uh, we get to verse 14. They arrive at the destination, which is believed to be the Jordan River. We get the Jordan River from the Septuagint, the, the original Greek translation of the, of the Old Testament. It, that, that did not carry over into current translations, but he's believed to be at the Jordan River. Um, and he, it said that the scripture says they refreshed themselves, or he refreshed himself. And I see that as his coming to terms he's basically he's basically said yep this is where it is now because what what's going to happen now is the resolution um and and then we have but we'll talk about this because we we have we cut back we, have, we speak for, we cut back to Jerusalem and see what's going on in Absalom's court but i think here we have david reaching his point of self-awareness and understanding the magnitude of what he's done and really what the tragic consequences are going to be. But, you know, I also, I, I'd like to get back to the comments that the professor said early on. Ahithophel, who Absolutely. was regarded, uh, who David and Absalom regarded all of uh, his advice as someone who inquires of God, it's like but his, the advice that he gives Absalom, lie with your father's concubines whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all of Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench in your father's nostrils and the hands of everyone with you will be strengthened. It's I can almost see him saying that with a big smile on his face. Oh, going, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you see, there's yeah. Now, remember, 
Do you remember who Ahithophel is? Ahithophel is Bathsheba's grandfather. Yes. And he is just and he's been he is digging it. He um, is sticking to well, David. And, and he, he was the, the common afterward. He was a wise counselor. Yes. Right. To the court. Right. And, and you have to wonder when Absalom called him and said, hey, I'm thinking about Overthrowing dad, what do you think? Well, he oh, you got this. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. He goes, Yeah, well. do it. He, he oh, was yeah. an early convert to and, it. And, oh, yeah. and encouraged major, it. Major encouragement. We were talking about this last week when Absalom was consolidating his power. Ahithophel was still had David's ear. And we wonder, yeah. you know, David was, prop, was ignoring it, but he was also getting. <clears throat> He was also getting counterintelligence. He was also Ahithophel was telling him exactly what what, uh, oh, yeah. what Absalom wanted David oh, to yeah. hear. Because I, I, I could hear David going, "Well, I heard you know a couple of the army colonels went down to see Absalom. Oh yeah, he wanted to come worship with them. Yeah, yeah, you know, there, yeah. There's, there's no big deal. It's yeah. a rumor. Weasel doing yeah. the doing the weasel. Well, well, he I wouldn't even put him in. I would put. Zeba as the weasel. As a weasel. I think yeah. about, right. he's just the guy, the guy who's who's getting payback now. He, right. Yeah. He, he is. Right. He he, yeah. no, he he made it. He he was. Well, and, <laughs> and and the concubine thing that was a that basically when you took another king's harem. Oh yeah. That was, yes. When you took oh, his that castle, was, you that took was, the harem. That was that was that was that was calculated advice. That was basically you know take the property and make a big show of it. Do, yeah. Do um you know just go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, oh, we're gonna man. put up the Send big the top signal. Yes. Right. So everybody knows the circus oh, in town. Stench you know, in your father's nose. It's but it's, that. I personally believe it was not godly advice. I think that's where. Oh, absolutely not. No, you don't agree with that. You were stoned in Leviticus and Numbers if you slept with your father's wife, whether it's stoned or whoever, or your aunts, or your aunt. Any of those. Ahithophel was so full of anger, like you guys said, anger at David to get back at him. Somehow he lost this godly advice and this godly wisdom that he had and he mm -hmm. gave him military strategic advice at this mm -hmm. point. Right guys? This is yes, what yeah. you him This is what you do, just like mm -hmm. you said, Bill. And never mm -hmm. stop to think. He was so blinded, mm -hmm. he didn't stop to think, boy, I'm crossing the golden rule or whatever mm -hmm. you want to say. The well, absolute see the thing about that uh, makes this such a man's story is each of these players are playing the long <laughs> game in it. Yeah. And so and and that's exactly the way people in politics and in your work, your occupation, they play the long game <coughs> because it's so important to gain ground whether it's an inch today or it's an inch next week. You know, yeah. to continue on. Whereas, if it's personal, if it's just a, a a personal grudge or something like that, has nothing to do with your occupation or something that's not uh, that's not that important to you, you can just throw it away. No big deal. This is important, and that's why everybody in this story is playing the long game, and that's why it to me it speaks to men particularly in your occupation because that's something that everybody 
holds on to dearly and is mm -hmm. trying to advance their own personal well, position. And, and, it, and it goes back to where Steve went when we started the Bathsheba story with the, as you age, there's something different. <laughs> and I think that was a really good tie-in. And how much does... It, is this David's last hurrah, or is this something you think David is he still suffering from that? Well, you, well, I think Bill hit, hit on it earlier. He's he's not he's not he's he's got a different perspective. He's not the guy ready to you know go out and fight a battle anymore and conquer it. I, I think I think he's so he's so lost at this point in the story. He's he's. He's he's taken advantage of. He's the king, and he gets he gets conned. <laughs> um, and 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 then and, and and yeah. So and and so yeah. He's going down this hill, going down on this road, wondering what the heck is going on. Am I going to really get out of this? Do I care? <laughs> and do I want to? Do I want to go? Just go back to Hebron and be or Bethlehem and be a shepherd. Um, I, I think he's, I, I, and as I said, I think yeah. he resolves that by the end of this long walk. It's, it's disappoint, disappointment and <laughs> despair, but he's not disappointed that he let anybody down. He's disappointed in himself. And that is why, and when you, and when you surrender that, uh, that pride in yourself, that, and then you're willing to just be the whipping boy. He's he's letting people do it because he feels that's what he deserves, and maybe God ordained these people to do it. Yeah, the years of frustration, mm -hmm. years of pain have finally come out. I think Steve is right. Mm -hmm. I think he's at the very bottom finally, <laughs> mentally, physically, everything, and and I think this is a turning point. On about verse 15 or whatever it is, right in that area right there, it's a turning point. And he says, you know, whatever the Lord has for me. Okay. And we get, we get this uh, toward the, to this final group of verses where we shift back to, and, and one thing to, to clue everyone in, we, we didn't cover it, but in chapter 15, we see that David has dispatched his friend Hushai yes. to Absalom's court. So, so it kind of ends on... <laughs> On a post-credit sequence here, where you've got where it. we show David's got an agent inside, inside Absalom's he's court, got several. who's got well, yeah. he's got yeah. Absalom, who's yeah, kind of yeah. he's got his own now counter Ahithophel, uh, and and uh, so so it kind of is setting up what's <laughs> yeah. what's what's going to come. what and, and what's <laughs> going to break loose next week, and yeah. and it is going to be awesome. <laughs> We're coming down to the end of the podcast. This is podcast number 115. We're so glad that you joined us. Of course, we're on iTunes, Facebook. Uh, we have our own website, and which is manupspiritualoasis.com. Going to go ahead and go around the room and get a summary from each of the fellows and, and, a, and a few takeaways. And Going to go ahead and uh, start off with the judge. Yeah, my... Um my takeaway from this is Shimei. Uh, Shimei uh, cursing, insulting David, humiliating him, throwing dirt on him, throwing rocks on him. Shimei thinks he, as Steve said, I believe he said, uh, righteous indignation. He thinks he is so correct. He absolutely believes his indignation, his anger is from God. 
I don't know if y'all have ever done that or made that mistake, but I have done that at least once, where what I thought was absolutely God putting a righteous indignation into me turned out to run me right into the wall. I, I turned out to be wrong, and we will see that later on if you follow the story. Shemai turns out to be totally wrong, and he does come to David and apologize to him later. But uh, folks, be careful. If you get inside of you this great righteous indignation, be careful and be sure it's from God because uh, angel, uh, the devil can come to you as an angel of light and put an anger in you that may not be from God. Digging Kyle, your takeaway. You know, some of that anger inside can just be from not uh, forgiving. That's correct. I mean, there's so much that was done in here to different people from various people that nobody really forgave the other one. It seems like it's it's an animosity point, you know, all the way through the scripture. You know, uh, Zeba was mad and never forgave because the land was taken from him. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you can go on. Um, what's the next guy? The Shemai. Well, he was definitely never forgave. You know, he's mad all the way back into Saul's time. You know, um, so absolutely you know, never forgave the children. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know what's the guy's name? Come Ahithophel. on, everybody knows it. Ahithophel. There you Ahithophel. go. Ahithophel. There you go. Everybody's been practicing it, but me. Yeah. Um, he definitely never forgave. Absalom never forgave. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, everybody in here was holding and harboring anger, and that makes us do stupid things. It's almost like it's the same people that you pass on the way up are the same ones you pass on the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so release some of the anger, forgive, and try and forget some things. And you know uh, what? It's, he said it in here something about uh, you know being hurt by a, a friend or a family member. You know um, that takes a lot, and it takes a big man. To be able to say, you know, I can, I can forgive you for what you've done. Now, maybe we not, might not be friends, you know, depending on the severity of the, the crime there against you. But uh, forgive and forget. That's my takeaway. Professor. Wow, and, and I don't have more to add than that than the two of them. Um, just want to plug in. I, was I am. Say, did we make him speechless? About dead. Somebody record um, this one for sure. Yeah, um, I do want to plug. I am guesting on another podcast. If anyone is interested in history, in particular alternate history, um, a fork in time is the name of the podcast, and they are on Stitcher, and they have done some great discussions on uh, what would have happened if D-Day had failed. Wow. Or if Apollo 11 had not been able to take off from the moon, and what would have the long-term historical consequences have been? We're doing wow. something much more whimsical tonight. Mm -hmm. We're talking about what would have happened if the original Star Wars movie had not succeeded. Nah. <laughs> and so we're doing something a little whimsical. But that'll be out on August 22nd, so go take a listen if you have any okay. interest in history um, for that. So it's a fork in time. Um, I really don't have anything more to add than than what Kyle did. Um, other than I'm going to stand by, if you really don't think the Bible has anything to do with your daily life, because that is one of the things that we always hear, 
from people who are non-biblical. They, they are, yeah, that's an old book about farmers and shepherds and kings. Who cares? It doesn't apply to me. Substitute out kingdom for office or corporation. You know, king is the CEO or your manager or director, whatever level you want to make him. You know, the advisors around him. You know, this is this is office politics 101. I love Steve threw a little Games of Thrones reference in there. Man, this is Games of Thrones all the way around. Right. This is absolutely. You know, and and if you think this is crazy, go, go. Eventually, I hope we eventually do some studies of Second Samuel. I'm not Second Samuel of First uh, and Second Kings, because boy, there's all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff that goes on there. Right. To do right. this, but just you know, take the time to really. My takeaway really is take time to really study this and try to put your stuff into it and see what you can learn on how you need to do your life and how you need to treat your life. Absolutely. Mr. Steve. One, a few final things that, I mean, we, we got what Kyle is saying, um, uh, the need to forgive. And, and the other side of this is David never sought that reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's all reflected like in this in this whole story. But a lot could have been avoided had he confronted this uh, way back when. And um, David also struggled. Here's something really important. He really struggled with telling the difference between God's punishment and occurrences that were essentially outside of God's will. And a lot of... Uh, a member of, of, of my class um, said... What's different about a lot of this text is seems straight reporting, straight storytelling. There's, there's, and which is is kind of blues you in that what's happening here is the is the flow of history, uh, and it's not necessarily what God wants. And God never. I'll get into this maybe later as we get toward the book. God never really wanted there to be a king of Israel to begin with, right, uh, and now we're, yeah. now we're deep in the mud. Right. Uh, so, so we have David struggling as I, again with that idea of how much of this is God's will and how much of it is just consequences, and, and we can have that. We can look back and see this is mostly the consequences of his own sin and his own failure to confront it. On the on the right side of things, I think we see uh, David accepting the penalty uh, of he he does chooses not to retaliate against Shimei. Um, and that actually later bears fruit. We'll, we'll, we'll hope to get to that. Um, he values, still values his true friends, and he, he really, through all this, continues to love, or tries to. Um, but again, this, this is going to have a tragic outcome uh, one way or another. So uh, there are, there are, there, those are some of my takeaways. <laughs> well, you, the, the only takeaway that I have is this. Uh, think about the amount of time that David neglected the issue and how it stewed for years and years you're you're talking about before he eventually had to take this walk of shame it it was years that he had hands off did not did not do anything did not uh, ask for forgiveness, did not demonstrate leadership in his own family for years, and it finally, the cake was finally made. And it 
and, and, and it's sad. It's sad. And so, <clears throat> so, and when you're out there, I think the, the big takeaway is this. Confront it. Confront it. Confront it now. Be a man and man up. This is Man Up, podcast number 115. We're so glad that you joined us. We encourage each and every one of you out there. And, and I've got a couple of women uh, comments from women uh, this last week, and thank you so much. But I want to invite each and every one of you and encourage you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and join an ABA, which is a small group, kind of like a, a Sunday school class where you get in a group and you get to... Study some scripture and and talk about it like like we do here, so you can apply it to your own life and maybe something that happens in your office. And look for a men's only uh, about adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.